Hello and welcome to this episode of Coach and Chaos. Thank you for being here. Do you know what kept me going today in just reading my scriptures? Do you know the scripture that I stumbled on is exactly why I'm here right now? Because sometimes I get lazy, sometimes I think I don't want to do this, but this scripture right here is what called me to this work one more time to continue on in my podcast. First Nephi 13, verse 37, And blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion at that day, for they shall have the gift and the power of the Holy Ghost. And if they endure unto the end, they shall be lifted up at the last day and shall be saved in the everlasting kingdom of the Lamb. And whoso shall publish peace Yea, tidings of great joy, how beautiful upon the mountains shall they be. So just in that moment where I just want to stay in bed and just snuggle a little bit deeper, I think about this and I think about you. I think about my children, I think about my future, I think about my personal hopes and dreams. And I climb out of bed and I begin reading my scriptures and I begin rolling. I begin moving. And that's what the scriptures do for me. They get me going. And just when I think I am too tired, I don't want to do this. I come across something from somewhere, a message, a scripture, a text, a story. And today this is it. And blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion. And at that day, for they shall have the gift of the power of the Holy Ghost. So what is your thing that gets you going, gets you rolling, pulls you out of bed? Because for me, it's the scriptures. I cannot do life without them. I I cannot do this podcast without them. So thank you for joining me and thank you for your encouragement. As I was reading in DNC 2 and throughout Joseph Smith history, chapter 1, I came across the word promise that was highlighted in blue. And out of everything that I read today, this, this tugged on my heart. The word promise. So I clicked on it. And reading about promise, you know, I think most of us don't take it very seriously. How many times from the time that we were children, we did pinky promise and then behind your back, you're crossing your fingers and the tale goes that if you're crossing your fingers, the promise is really canceled. It's not really genuine. How many times have we said, cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye, and you promise that it's this way or that way. I promise I promise and yet because we are mortal because we are a natural man we don't always fulfill our promises and so when I clicked on the word promise it's all too common and familiar and overly used not to God not to God his promises are enduring they are real They are forever and we can trust in them. 
God fighteth for you as he hath promised. And that's in Joshua 23.10. Not failed one word of all his good promise. That's in Kings 8.56. He remembered his holy promise. Psalms 105.42. I will perform that good thing which I have promised. I say the word and will perform it. Ezekiel 12.25 I send the promise of my Father upon you. Luke 24.49 For the promise is unto you and to your children. Acts 2.39 God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior. Acts 23, which he had promised afore by his prophets, Romans 1-2. What he had promised, he was able to perform, Romans 4-21. So I clicked on a couple of them, I love this one, in Titus 1-2, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. In Hebrews 6.12, that ye not be slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. In James 2.5, hearken my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him. And in 2 Nephi 10:17, For I will fulfill my promises which I have made unto the children of men, that I will do unto them while they are in the flesh. So his promises are true. His promises will be fulfilled. And it says right here, not only in the life hereafter, but in the life while we are in the flesh. That was such great comfort for me. In Doctrine and Covenants 138, What I, the Lord, have spoken, I have spoken, I excuse not myself. And though the heavens and the earth pass away, my word shall not pass away, but shall all be fulfilled, whether by mine own voice or by the voice of my servants. It is the same. He promises, and He keeps His promises. So we have to do, we have to do our part in order for Him to keep His promises. It's it's not a one-way street; it's a two-way street, so that we can know God. Part of what we need to do is be in the temple and perform temple work for ourselves and for the dead. And I'm reflecting upon family history and temple work, Sealing and Healing by, by Elder Dale G. Renland, April 2018. And if you're like me, you hear temple work, you hear family history, and you just groan. Do you groan? I groan. <laughs> because I feel like there's so much of mine that is done, and I just don't even know, like, what else to do but it's required of me so I strive to serve in the temple and do names and do the best I can to fulfill my end of the deal but right now 
we can't be in the temple, so what can I do? So I will open up my Family History Tree app and I will begin working on it again. And by doing that, my heart is softened and I think about my ancestors who have gone before me and I feel a love for them. Even though their work might be done, just opening up that app and reading their names. I mean, right here in this life right now, I don't remember them, I don't know them. But we will see them again. We will know them when we see them. We will see our great grandparents. My great grandmother, or my great great grandmother, grandmother Brockbank, she was the last surviving pioneer that came across the plains from Nauvoo. She was the last surviving pioneer and she was in the Pioneer Day Parade in Salt Lake City in 1947 when they commemorated uh, 100 years 1847 Days of 47 Parade. She was four years old when she came across and that was my grandma. So I may not know her now as I know my life as it is, but I know that when I leave this earth, I will know my ancestors. I will know those people who have been waiting for their temple work to be done. And, and even though it may already be done, it's really good to go back and just look at their names and think about them. And I really believe as I'm sitting right here thinking about it, that we may not have journals, we may not have um, pictures, we may not have actual accounts, we may not have those things like we have today, like a hundred years from now, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren will be able to come back and look at my Facebook and know what was going on in my life, but we don't have that from a hundred years ago. But we do have their name and we can think about them. And as we reflect upon their lives and what they did for us, we can give a prayer of gratitude. And I will do that. I will say, Heavenly Father, please let them know how grateful I am for them and what they did to give me all that I have today because of their hard work and sacrifice. I'm grateful for them for that. And so as I think about their names and look at their little black and white pictures on some of them that are available, my love for them grows. Well, Elder Redland says, as we participate in family history and temple work, we lay claim to healing blessings promised by the prophets and apostles. And there's the word promised. And these blessings are also breathtakingly amazing because of their scope and the consequence in mortality. He gives a list, increased understanding of the Savior and his atoning sacrifice, increased influence of the Holy Ghost to feel strength and dedication for our own lives, increased faith so that conversion to the Savior becomes deep and abiding. 
increased ability and motivation to learn and repent because of an understanding of who we are, where we come from, and a clearer vision of where we are going. Increased refining, sanctifying, and moderating influences in our hearts. Increased joy through an increased ability to feel the love of the Lord. Increased family blessings, no matter our current, past, or future family situation, or how imperfect our family tree may be. Increased love and appreciation for ancestors and living relatives so we no longer feel alone. And that is true. When I open up my family history and I look back at their names, I don't feel so alone. I actually feel closer to them as I strive to think about them specifically in their lives and their sacrifice and express gratitude for them. Increased power to discern that which needs healing and thus, with the Lord's help, serve others. Increased protection from temptations and intensifying influence of the adversary and increased assistance to mend troubled, broken, or anxious hearts and make the wounded whole. Oh, these are incredible blessings. I invite you to go back and read this conference talk. And don't drag your feet like I did because it is truly a treasure. There are promised blessings that will be fulfilled if we do our part. And Elder Redland says, if you have prayed for any of these blessings, participating in family history and temple work, as you do so, your prayers will be answered. President Russell M. Nelson said, your worship in the temple and your service there for your ancestors will bless you with increased personal revelation and peace will fortify your commitment to stay on the covenant path. God, in his infinite capacity, seals and heals individuals and families despite tragedy, loss, and hardship. We sometimes compare the feelings we experience in temples as having caught a glimpse of heaven. Reading this, I think about the family hardship and trial that I've experienced in my own family and having read a little bit further into the word promise, click on, find the word promise in the topical guide and and, and go down through some of those scriptures that are under the word promise and oh, it is so encouraging to think that these promises are real and they're kept and they're mine, they're yours from God, from God. The promises that he has given and made to us are ours. He will keep them if we do our part, if we simply do our part and it's not asking a lot. Elder Renlund tells the story about a young man who died and his heart 
Elder Renlin at the time as a surgeon placed it into another man who was on the need in the need of a heart transplant. This this young man having this donor's heart got to know the donor's family and over time was able to do the temple work for the young man who died before having his temple work done. What a beautiful day that was for the mom and for the rest of the family that witnessed this man doing the temple work for their son and their brother. Having carrying his heart and later Elder Renlin sealed this man to his wife. He said that the veil was very thin, that heaven was right there on earth. God fulfills many of these promised blessings simultaneously on both sides of the veil and he had witnessed it. So as I was going through in reflecting upon these things and hurting for my own family, feeling great comfort in the promises that my my family will be healed someday, my siblings, my parents, we have been promised that these things will be returned to us. We are promised that. And we can see healing here on this earth and in the life hereafter by simply doing temple work. And I'm thinking about that, thinking, if I do temple work, will that heal my siblings, their relationship with my parents and with the rest of their siblings, my sister, my brother? What, what does that do? So why question it? Just do it. Why question it when it's been promised? Just do it and watch those blessings unfold and watch our hearts be turned back towards one another just as we have been promised that the hearts of the children will be turned back to their fathers. For some reason, and changing the direction here just a little bit, in all of my reading this morning, I came across three different areas of my reading with the same message. So I don't know that I necessarily needed to read it, but I felt very strongly that I needed to share it. So of course I needed to read it so I could share it. But there might be someone, one of you that needed to hear this. This first one is from Worldwide Unified on Facebook. And if you don't follow anything positive on Facebook right now, definitely follow this because there's someone who needs your prayers. And then there's also wonderful inspirational messages. And this one was wonderful. He said, a year ago, I sat down in front of the portrait of the Savior. I saw flashbacks of my entire life. I started the process of healing after 10 days prior. My family has suffered a heavy burden, which affected me greatly. I spent the day at the Lord's house and there I felt nothing. As much as I felt ashamed, I knew that the Lord heard my prayers because he sent heavenly angels to minister. He shows a picture of the Savior that's inside 
um, a church that is next to the Arizona Gilbert Temple. He says it is between the Relief Society and primary rooms, and there, that picture of Jesus Christ, he had many flashbacks of his life. When he got baptized there, he stood in front of that picture. Graduation from seminary, he stood in front of that picture. Choir with friends, basically much happiness and sadness, he stood there in front of that picture. And at this time when he was standing there again, he said, I broke down. I started to sob and I knelt down in the chapel alone in front of the Savior, in front of Jesus Christ. He said, I could feel the light of Christ. It was one of the most humbling experiences of my entire life. He said, I felt loved. I knelt and broke and I looked up to my Savior. I was exactly where I needed to be. This was a start to my healing. Tonight I got absolutely wrecked through God's love. He can give you just what you need when you want it. He gave me comfort and peace, strength and love. It is so unexplainable how good he is to us. The one who tries to save this life will lose it, but the one who loses his life for God will find it. When I surrendered, I thought I would lose hope and joy, but in reality, I have gained hope and joy. This is what we're made to do. Forget yourself and have a relationship with Him. There is no better fulfillment or reason to be alive. I am so grateful for the Lord. The part that I loved the most was I was exactly where I needed to be. Soon after that, as I was reflecting and reading in different places in my studies, I came across this from Church of Jesus Christ in Western Michigan. I have a friend that is serving a mission there right now. And this is a post that was on their Facebook page. God has placed you where you're at in this very moment for a reason. Trust that he is working everything out. Okay. Okay, trust. Trust in his promises. And lastly, somebody posted a picture that they took of a book that they're reading. And the headline is, Right Where You Should Be. You are in exactly the right place. That place may be scary, boring, exciting, or heartbreaking. But whatever it is, sit tight instead of fighting your way out of it with everything you've got. Sit still, experience it, let go, rock on. You are exactly where you should be. And with that, I just want to close with one last little thing. Yesterday, I spent the day with my three younger girls and we picked up one of those pictures that you can pop in letters and you can make up your own quote and I chose let God prevail and so finishing with right where you should be experience it let go rock on you are exactly where you should be don't fight it feel it and let go let God and let God prevail 
and look forward to seeing his promises be revealed to you. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Coaching Chaos. We will see you next time.